Dr. Stephanie Martin, Maternal Fetal Medicine Physician and Medical Director at Clinical Concepts in Obstetrics. Today we're going to talk about simplifying oxygen transport. My hope is that by the end of this podcast, you'll understand a little bit better about why we care so much when a patient's oxygen saturation level is low and what that means uh, clinically. Why is it so important? So how does oxygen get from the lungs to the tissues and back again? Oxygen is carried from the lungs to the tissues in two different ways. When you breathe oxygen in, some of it's going to be dissolved in the blood, in the plasma. That's the PO2. We'll talk more about that in a minute. And some of it's going to be combined with hemoglobin. That's the saturated hemoglobin. It's what we're measuring when we're measuring oxygen saturation with a pulse oximeter. Only about 1% to 2% of that oxygen is actually dissolved in the blood. That's the PO2 that we're measuring. Most of it, 98, 99% of the oxygen in the blood is bound to hemoglobin. Now, when you breathe in, oxygen goes into the alveoli, across the tissue barrier, and into the bloodstream. The first thing that's going to happen is that hemoglobin is going to get saturated. So hemoglobin is going to always be trying to be as close to 100% saturated, as close to 100% full of oxygen, meaning it's maximized its ability to carry oxygen in the blood and deliver it to the tissues. And any leftover oxygen is going to be dissolved into the blood. Now, once again, the hemoglobin saturation is measured by the pulse oximeter. That's your SAO2 or your O2 sat. And anything left over, that 1% to 2%, is dissolved in the blood. And that's your PO2. Now, the only way to measure a PO2 is with an arterial blood gas. And typically, we want those levels somewhere between 80 to 100 millimeters of mercury. That's assuming that you've got somebody breathing room air at sea level, 21% oxygen, 100% saturation, 98, 99% saturation, and then the rest is going to be in the, uh, dissolved in the blood with a PO2 level in the 80 to 100 millimeters of mercury range. Now, if you give that patient supplemental oxygen, any extra oxygen beyond the 100% saturation on the hemoglobin is going to be dissolved in the blood. And it'll just essentially do this endlessly. So you keep giving extra oxygen, and we're going to have more and more dissolved in the blood. So those PO2 levels will go up higher and higher and higher into the many hundreds. Now, I like to think about the way this works in terms of, of a soda. So if, you're, if you think about how fizzy a soda is, that's carbon dioxide that's dissolved into the liquid of the soda, just like oxygen is dissolved into the liquid of the blood. So as the amount of CO2 in a soda is kind of like having how much PO2 you have in your, in your blood. So when you open that soda, immediately the CO2 wants to come out of solution and bubble out into the air. And then it will go flat. And that represents decreasing amounts of carbon dioxide that's dissolved. Well, the blood is the same. The, PO, the oxygen that's dissolved in the blood is constantly wanting to occupy hemoglobin so that it can be delivered to the tissues. So anytime hemoglobin is emptied of an oxygen molecule, it delivers oxygen to the tissue, it's immediately going to be occupied and filled again to keep the saturation as close to 100% as possible. So those that dissolved oxygen is constantly wanting to come out of solution, just like the CO2 bubbles out of a soda, and fill the hemoglobin molecules. So if you have a patient that has a high PO2, if you do an ABG and the PO2 is in the four or 500 range, that's like a big bubbly soda. 
Now, if you've got a low PO2, the PO2 is in the 40, 50, 60 range, that's like the flat soda. There's very little oxygen dissolved in it. So if you think about it in terms of that, that this oxygen that's dissolved in the blood that's constantly wanting to fill hemoglobin sites and keep it 100% saturated, you can understand why a low oxygen saturation on your pulse ox is never a normal condition. That doesn't mean that it can't be easily corrected. Sometimes you can easily correct a low O2 sat by having the patient sit up and take some deep breaths and open any collapsed or atelectatic airway or small airways and, and alveoli to get more exposure and more oxygen exposed to the, to the blood. So it's maybe easily correctable from atelectasis, for example, but that doesn't mean that it's normal. Hemoglobin should always be fully bound with oxygen because of the dissolved oxygen in the blood. So if you have a low O2 sat, it suggests that you also have low amounts of oxygen dissolved in the blood, low PO2 levels, and that is very, very concerning. So let's take a few seconds to talk about potential causes for those low levels of oxygen in the blood. Well, there's a variety, okay? So I look at them in terms of four big different groups. One is we've got less oxygen that's being breathed into the alveoli themselves. Now, in terms of that, we've got altitude. Let's say you're at high altitude, you're on a mountain, whatever. The amount of oxygen in the air that you're breathing in is low or lower, and so you're going to have less oxygen coming into the alveoli. You're going to have less oxygen dissolved in your blood, and therefore you can more easily have lower O2 sats. What about if we're underventilating? Let's think of that sedated patient that's just not ventilating well. You can, you're taking in less oxygen. The other category I like to think about is um, difficulty getting across the diffusion barrier. So remember earlier I said we've got oxygen that we're breathing in. It comes into the alveoli, and that oxygen has to diffuse across a tissue barrier. Now, that tissue barrier should be nice and thin and easy for the oxygen to get across from the alveoli into the, that capillary, into the bloodstream that's surrounding it. But if that tissue becomes swollen, either from infection or more likely pulmonary edema, then you could have difficulty getting oxygen from the alveoli into the bloodstream, even though you may be giving it to the patient. This is the patient who's got pulmonary edema, who's on 100% O2, and you can't keep her SATs above 90%. It's not able to get across that, that tissue that's been thickened. Now, a third potential cause of low levels of oxygen in the blood could be a shunt within the uh, uh, lungs themselves. So let's say, that, let's say the patient has a right lower lobe pneumonia. And that portion of the lung is not being aerated very well. There's not, you're not getting a lot of oxygen into those alveoli. Well, even if you may be perfusing that region of the lung, it's not coming in contact with oxygen in the alveoli. And so you have decreased amount of oxygen getting into the blood. That's an intrapulmonary shunt. You can also have a VQ mismatch or a ventilation perfusion mismatch. It's a different kind of shunt. So in earlier, we talked about a shunt where we're not getting oxygen into that part of the lung, but we've got circulation. Well, what if we have oxygen coming into that part of the lung, but no circulation or less circulation? That's what happens with the pulmonary embolism. So we can be bringing oxygen into that, those, that segment of alveoli, but a blood clot has blocked any flow to that area of the alveoli, so there's no uh, blood to pick up the oxygen that's being delivered. That's a, that's a shunt or a ventilation perfusion mismatch. So, and, and there are other, you know, 
differentials within these categories, but that's a big overview of the reasons why you might have hypoxemia. Now, I want you to notice that anemia is not on this list anywhere. Anemia does not cause low saturations. I want to say that again. Anemia does not cause low saturations. That doesn't mean that anemia is not good. You want lots of hemoglobin to carry oxygen. But even if you have only one gram of hemoglobin, it can still be 100% saturated. We're talking about the percent saturation of the amount of hemoglobin that you have, not whether or not you have a high or low amount of hemoglobin. So you should still be able to get 100% saturation or 98, 99% saturation, even if you have less hemoglobin. So never assume that a patient is hypoxemic because she's anemic. That's not an adequate explanation. So I hope that this helps you understand a little bit better why we make such a big deal over a low O2 saturation. If your patient has hypoxemia, low O2 sats, that means she's got less oxygen dissolved in her blood. And you need to think critically, why is that? Why does she have less oxygen in her blood? What can we do about this? How can we correct this problem before it gets even worse? Until next time. 